Siempre que te pregunto que cuando, como y dónde, tú siempre me respondes, quizás, quizás, quizás. Y así pasan los días y yo desesperado y tú, tú contestando. Quizás, quizás, quizás. Estás perdiendo el tiempo pensando, pensando. Por lo que más tú quieras, hasta cuándo, hasta cuándo. Y así pasan los días y yo desesperado. Tú, tú contestando Quizás, quizás, quizás Do you smell that uh, beautiful pretension? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite flavor. Finally, a cinema podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. all I wanted it to be, and it only took over 100 episodes to get there. Mm-hmm. But welcome to Anime Was Not a Mistake with me, your little pog champ, Dan Ryan. Oh, no, I'm not Dan Ryan. You're Dan Ryan. And I'm John <laughs> Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Well, yes, before my thunder was stolen just now, uh, the <laughs> n- now partially vaccinated pog champ, Dan Ryan. Wow. So, <laughs> back from the brink of death. A Moderna so, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Joining us. Um, we're veering left again on anime was not a mistake as we often do mm-hmm. when the audience expects us to go right we go the opposite direction yes um for the next four weeks since it is the month of may the glorious month of may in which i was born uh we have devoted this to asian cinema because we thought it was timely and appropriate yes. so we hope you enjoy there's gonna be a lot of treats and treasures along the way um two movies that i picked i know i love to talk about and two surprises from dan that i want to mm-hmm. get into when we get there Yes. But um, before we begin, as always, any anime news life updates to share? Um, well, I will start with the small one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone follows it, Iris came back in the anime. I heard. Internet it, was blowing up. Yeah, in all of her uh, Black White 2 finery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's canonically champion mm-hmm. in the anime for Unova now. Haxorus and Dragonite. Ash got to use his Dracovish. His Dragonite learned uh, Draco Meteor, and uh, looked like a pretty cool thing. Mm. I I I love this anime season. Where like it's I, going. it is they can they can literally do whatever they feel like, and they are taking advantage of that fact. They got this whole world tournament going on. Characters can show up from any period. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're gonna get into some Sinnoh advertising for, uh... Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah, so Volkner and some of his I saw, fellas... like, they were, like, in the master class, and I'm like, what are these goobers doing together, these silhouettes? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm cause... like, Who are, why are these people interacting? But I like it. It's yeah. cute. I always like when they do that in the game, like, when Cynthia's like, oh, my best friend happens to be the champion of this yeah. region. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Shipping that with Caitlyn. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, so I think the thing was that Ash got upgraded to the ultra tier. Mm. So, uh, you know, his fights, eh, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, Volkner looks like Volkner because he's got yeah. the hair, the Monado hair, and then the, the looks right next to him. And then people are speculating about who the other people are, and we might, maybe, we might get an animated version of Blue, mm. the, the female protagonist who hasn't gotten what? animated yet, because what? there's a silhouette of a lady, and she has what looks like a Jigglypuff next mm-hmm. to her, and so that's, that's what Blue had in the, the Yeah, 
but we don't know. That's mm. not. It's not. You know, we're not gonna. We're not gonna spread lies on this podcast. I, I so, but you know, it could be. Yeah, uh, you know, it could so happen. It uh, it would be interesting because Gary's coming back. Yeah, uh, some of Ash's old pokes are coming back. Mm-hmm. Infernape's gonna join the team again mm-hmm. for some again for BDSP. Whatever the I don't know the abbreviation. BDSP. Sh- yeah, no, but brilliant I diamond know shining. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't gonna faux pas that. Uh, I wasn't going to uh, have a Freudian brilliant slip. shining diamond pearl. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So PS. it was. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. Like again, I don't know what the general response to this season has been so far, but I just love how spontaneous they can be. Mm. So I hope it stays that way. Yeah. I, I always worry with the anime that it'll just be reset into something weird, but I this if, they, if this kept going forever like this, I I would have no problem with that. You'd so. be perfectly fine with that, wouldn't you? Because you know, you know, as I have stressed my obsessions with like Pokemon's world building and everything, mm. and in this season, they've gotten to go back to things that the anime kind of skipped over like, locations, and then animate them for the first time, mm-hmm. and I'm all, all about that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's right up your alley. getting Have those proper, you know, yeah. animated depictions of things. I mean, so. if the anime can go anywhere, we would all want, like, a animated version of the games, like they did a couple years ago, yes. and that thing, but this is, this is close, this is moving in the right direction. Yeah. So I'm happy. Yeah. Unlike that Waluigi render, which did not make me happy this week. Yeah, that's the biggest news. And then Elon <laughs> Musk as Wario. Yeah. I and Grimes as Peach. I didn't watch the episode. Oh, I never watch SNL because I never find it funny. I just heard on the internet that it was... It, Dogecoin went down to 50 cents a share when it was skyrocketing earlier. Uh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, what do you mean, Dan? I'm in the, I'm in the red now. <laughs> because, like, like I, I don't... You know, because anything that I... You know, I'm an old man. I'm well, usually you just discovered TikTok. I man, did so. just discover TikTok. Yeah. Um, we'll get Catch into Dan that. on TikTok. We'll get into that. Um, what is yeah. it? Bandits? Bandits? Bussy? What is it? Uh, sh- uh, shin bandit. <laughs> sure, close enough. Uh, which is uh, which could be God bandit or uh, uh, new bandit. Yeah. So yeah, uh, named for my my pup. Um, but like, I don't watch SNL either. No. I, I can usually only make it, like, two minutes skit, yeah. and then cringe, and then I turn it off. Mm. I can't. Like, I just... No. I, I'm uh, similar. I just... Uh, it's scripted comedy. It never yeah. really works the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know... I mean, they're uh, funny actors when yeah. they're given their chance, but... I never find it funny either. But, you know, I woke up this morning to just you sending me Elon as Wario. I'm uh, like, this is a fucking shop. But like, it's this Wario. Isn't... It's your representation finally in the mainstream media, Dan. And he finally gets brought to live action and, and it's, look. it's by Elon Musk. Yeah. That's that's going to canonically be the first live action mm-hmm. depiction of Wario. It is, Dan. Yeah, so. <laughs> I had to share to break your heart. <laughs> yeah. Equivalent exchange. Everything has a price. Yes. You can't... <sighs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I I don't. I know there was that. I know there was some Gen Z hospital sketch that people were hating. Ooh, awful. Uh, something. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know. I, it wasn't on, no Anya Taylor Joy's on a later week with Little Nas X, and that's a pairing I like because Anya Taylor Joy we stand. Yeah. In this household, of course. Um, so I'm excited to see that. But I won't be watching SNL live. I'll watch no. the skits the next day, yeah. as I often do. Yeah. Yep. Um, before I went on that tangent, anime, it's a thing, Dan, did you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, along with keeping up with So I'm a Spider, So What, Jujutsu Kaisen, and the others that I've mentioned on this podcast, 
I finished one up that I've been holding back for a year. I think I brought this up maybe 50 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And I just recently, I was like, you know, I'm into anime. I want to finish this. And it's known as Asobi Asobase, which translates to Workshop of Fun. It's about these middle school girls who are in their pastimes club in school doing mm-hmm. different pastimes. It is a comedy anime. It's only 12 episodes long. And I would recommend this because the girls are like middle school girls, but their styles of like doing these games, let's say they're playing like Thumb Wars, is so like overdrawn mm-hmm. that it makes everything epic and hilarious. Yeah. Like I've never belly laughed watching an anime recently, um, but this made me do that. Wow. It, it, it's just funny. I know I'm a little late to the party, as I often am. Forgive me, I'm old. We're always late. Yeah, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm old and withered, <laughs> but it... It goes to places that I don't want to. Like, one of the plot lines is uh, this one girl's manservant fires laser beams at her ass, and no one really brings that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's never really explained. Um, and it's interesting. Um, but the rest of it is just these girls playing their little pastime games, and I think that's where the show really shines. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're going to play a game where I have to pull you out of this circle, and it's animated like a horror anime. <laughs> And it's hilarious. I might show a few of the the skits or episodes if I ever breach that along with Lucky Star. I feel like that's kind Mm -hmm. of a a similar thing going on, except Lucky Star is more kawaii dis, like charming chibi. Yeah. And this is more like, oh my god, this is horrific. Like, literally when they're in the thumb wars, one of the characters, instead of doing it, bends her thumb all the way back so it's perpendicular. And they're like, how the fuck did she do that? (laughs) And it's hilarious. I I just can't, you know, recommend it enough. I know I'm late again. And then another one, Dan, there's a dub that has stolen my heart. (laughs) Move over, Digimon. What what is it? It's that Simpson thing with the the sheep in front. Oh, and then push it aside and the lambs in the back. Skate the Infinity, Dan. Oh. Skate the Infinity. It's a sports anime, which, you know, I'm not into sports unless it's anime style. Splatoon? (laughs) Free the Final Stroke, which is the two-part movie coming our way, and they decided on the Final Stroke will be the name. (laughs) They know what they're doing. (laughs) They know. They do. But uh, Skate the Infinity takes place in Okinawa, and there's a huge skating community. Skating is what these teenagers live on, and even some grown men join in the ranks of this. It's (laughs) all men. It's all dudes being bros. Just skating, and then one, uh, Cal- uh, not Californian, one Canadian snowboarder comes into Okinawa and takes the skating scene by storm. Mm-hmm. And it's about these two guys kind of like leveling up their abilities in order to challenge the, the greater skaters and, uh, you know, master their craft while maybe falling in love? Hmm. It's odd, but it's like a shonen anime that I'm intrigued in. And I know the dub is, it's hilarious because, uh, an example, one of the characters is named Cherry Tree and in the background you hear, I would climb that Cherry Tree! <laughs> oh, okay, so they're, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'm obsessed with it. The animation's pristine, it's exciting, I'm into all the characters so far, there's not a bad one in the bunch, and I think it's a quick 19 episodes for mm-hmm. season one. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm watching, watch the dub though. Cause I hear the dub does things a little bit special. Like yeah. they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Which is something we enjoy in this pod. Sometimes that can enhance it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, not, enha- but like, you know, it's not it like can... ghost stories. Yeah. It, it like still follows the plot, but there's enough tongue in cheek in the American, you know, style that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would recommend that, Dan. Uh, anything else to share? Um, well, uh, I suppose the, the, Biggest news that I have to bring to the table uh, mm. uh, would be Resident Evil Village. Uh, I started it last night. Mm. 
Um, I watched all the cutscenes, audience. Yes. Because it's too spooky for me, and Dan hasn't gotten to the scary part yet. <laughs> Even though I know it's stupid spooky, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it through that. Um, it, it is, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it thoroughly so far. Mm-hmm. I made it into Castle Dimitre- Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu, <laughs> uh, you know, last night. So I'm just starting... Hello there, Dan. (laughs) Care to sample my wares? That was the closest thing I got to a jump scare, was the... (laughs) The Duke rolling on out? Because the... Well, no, because the first time you meet him, he rolls out of his carriage outside, but Mm -hmm. then he also sets up shop within the the castle. Yeah. And I didn't realize that, so I walked into the room. He tumbled out. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, that was was good. Not Mm -hmm. intentional, but that was good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I did meet Lady uh, Dimitrescu and, and, and her beautiful daughters, Beyonce, Michelle, the other one. <laughs> no, poor Michelle. Sorry. Um, I I love it. It's a beautiful game. Beautiful. Uh, again, I could not stress enough that I think our friend Grant would love w- it. Would love it. Yeah. it. It's like there's a there was a part where uh, when Ethan, the the human pincushion that he is. Uh was stumbling, you know, across the village itself. Mm-hmm. You get, like, this panoramic view of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Bloodborne. Like, this This is like a, yeah. you know, it's it's not as It's vertical. some sort of European hamlet that's yeah. in America for no reason. <laughs> it, it's not as... Well, no, it's in Europe. Okay. It's, it's in... Uh, but they, you know, it's not as, like, vertically steampunkish as Yarnum, yeah. But it's like, I, you know, this is... But when we brought it up to him, he was like, you're just in it for the tall lady. I mean, there. we all want Lady Dimitrescu to step on us, Dan. <laughs> but that's besides... Grant the... is just hiding his emotions, as he often does. As if our intentions have ever been anything less than honorable. I mean, as like... soon as I saw her, I said, <laughs> I would want her to step on me. <laughs> so, it, uh... But no, it's... I'm enjoying it. Like, I... I really, again, I have to go back and play oh, some the of the more... Oh, the backswats of Louisiana. At least yeah. that one, because that directly ties. I was going to mention that the fan base says this one's more campy yeah. than a lot of the Resident Evils, which I love. But some people... I mean, it's gotten glowing praise. I yeah. think I was reading um, Capcom's Twitter today, and it said it's like the most the fan base has ever been on a Resident Evil game at once. It's like the second highest in the franchise so yeah. far, which is great. I love it. I love this direction that it's going in, but... I mean, it goes from horror to camp. There are horror moments. I wish there was a little bit more horror in this. Yeah. Even though it's too spooky for me to play. Well, I mean, I think I'm a little over halfway through Biohazard. It's not a long, and none of them are really long. No, no, no. Yeah. Not, oh, not oh, Village. Seven, Village, seven. I only started. But seven. Biohazard, I'm a little over, I think, halfway through. And mm-hmm. that one had some legitimate yeah. scares in yeah. it. Like, that had, like, you know, I'm legitimately creeped out by this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never, I'm cognizant of the fact that it's, like, a stupid Resident Evil explanation for what's going on. Um, but, you know, legitimate scares. But yeah. I, I, I do want to go back and try some of the other ones, because I really like the simple approach. Like, you you go through it, you, you know, you have a limited variety of weapons and items mm-hmm. that you can use. You're not, you're kind of on rails to the extent mm. that you don't have to, like, you. it's not easy to get distracted, but you can look through stuff if you want to. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I like that as a change of pace every once in a while. Coming from something like Cyberpunk, and even coming from something like Persona 5 Royale with Cheese, like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm like, okay, I can deal with something that's, like... Linear. Yeah. Kind of like a movie experience, Mm -hmm. and, you know. I get that feeling. So, but I I love the characters. I, you know, obviously the, the, you know, Lady Demetris herself, and, 
Oh, you're going to be a Heisenberg fan, Dan. Yeah. I mean, I stand Donna Bienviento and Angie Bienviento. (laughs) But that's the scariest part of the game, as I say. And then there's Moreau. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, well, no, yeah. Heisenberg, I I think, is... He's He's a fan favorite. I'll just let you know that. And he's a fan favorite for the reason that you would love that character. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, Dan's going to love Heisenberg. That's what I can gather. He's got the magnet powers and everything. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested, so... I'll be reporting on that as I progress mm. through it. Mm. Um, I don't know how long it is. Yeah, I, here, I mean, we play games slower than normal people. Yes. Because I, I, I'm anal about those sort of things. Look at my playthrough of Bravely Default 2, if you want any more information on that. But I hear it's about 9 hours, 10 hours. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, DLC is probably imminent. Yes. Which is fine. Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it would be... So far, I recommend it, but mm. I'll report back as I get more into the uh, goings-on of these f- four goober lords in mm-hmm. this Kenilworth, New Jersey village <laughs> that I'm not Mother Miranda. <laughs> Why are all these broken pictures of Jonathan hanging up in everyone's houses? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan kept us safe for so long, but then he was petty and just decided not to. <laughs> for the drama. Pissed. For the tea. He made that TikTok and then he just fell off the horn. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the only big right. news for me. I mean, speaking of Bravely Default 2, I've been playing. I don't know if you've caught me lurking on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm continuing on. I got through Chapter 2. I'm at the tail end of Chapter 3. Chapter 2 was a uh, um, uh, creepy painter lady possessed people and then caused them to uh, relive the emotional grief of their daughter dying. Which was mm-hmm. interesting. I was like, oh, Bravely's getting dark. And then chapter three had a dragon suicide cult in it. <laughs> huh. Where people were taking the leap of faith off a mountain. And the dragon lord is like, I didn't recommend this at all. <laughs> like, it's man that's done this folly. And I went, all right. So we can't blame old dragon daddy. Yeah. Because he's stuck in a cave. He goes, "If I, I'm so old. If I go out of this cave, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> So people were suicide culting for the dragon? Well, no, it or... was like, uh, we're accusing you of being a fairy because fairies play a big part in the series. Mm-hmm. And there is a shocking revelation in chapter three, which I won't spoil, but mm-hmm. intriguing enough. They go, jump off the ledge. And if you're a fairy, you could simply fly away. And if you believe in the Lord of Dragons, he'll swoop by and save you. Mm-hmm. But then you go to a mass grave where everyone jumped and uh, died. They don't show it on screen because mm-hmm. it's a, a cute little RPG. But yes. It's like, dang, this is getting heavy for a Bravely franchise, and we haven't even reached the ending yet, which is usually where they throw out the big, you know, guns. Yes. But I'm intrigued. I'm I'm proceeding at a slow pace. I want to get it done before the world ends with you, Neo, Neo World Ends With You comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently we're getting a lot. E3's right around the corner, where I'm sure we'll have an hour tangent just devoted to that. Yeah, that's, that is June? June 12th, I think. Oh, okay. Nine very 12th, very so. close, then. Closer than one imagine oh boy and then of course we got the final final fantasy integrated trailer yes which scarlet my love in a mech going admire me well at least for 30 seconds before i kill you (laughs) and we even get a bdsm underground daddy nero which i'm very happy for it just looks perfect it caused me to uninstall because i haven't had any space on my ps5 uninstall like Final Fantasy 15 in order to install Final Fantasy 7 Integrate on it. Yeah. Because I don't know which is the best um, USB storage device for it yet. I'm working on it. But yeah. I want Integrate, so I made a decision. To no, have. no, definitely. I'm yeah. going to have to do that too. Yeah. But <laughs> sadly. I'm but a, I'm excited. 
Yeah. It looks beautiful. It does. Yeah. Yuffie's screaming. Why is she screaming, my precious cinnamon bun? No, it looks like, you know, and the graphics are stepped up in a lot of places for oh, yes. us. So it, it yeah. Mm. I loved that game. So oh, no, I, I know. Yeah, it, it was. You completed it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, to the derision of, of yeah, the I don't, story. I don't 100%, like, cause I, I usually, I, I suck too much to 100% things. <laughs> mm. Like, I'm not even going to bother with these Resident Evil ones. Cause I can't like, I can't do a three hour knife only run. Yeah. I'm just not, I can't get that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I, I complete things to my best ability and, yeah, and that's all we ask. Enjoy the story. So, yes. well, my news is over. That's all the updates I have. Mm-hmm. My wells run dry. Any uh, tangent? A tangent time? Mmm, tangent to time, Maru. Okay, um, so my tangent today is going to... This isn't going to be a question or so much of a, a debate or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just kind of want to use it as sort of our podcast equivalent of a Nintendo Mini Direct. Ooh. Uh, so uh, people will be infuriated... Uh, they will ask about Metroid Prime 4, which does not exist, not um, you know, and, and... The trilogy would be hard to port, Yes, one. yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, don't even bother. But, um, this I'm going to dedicate to discussing a few things that almost made the cut for my Animasterpiece showcases Ooh. that um, I just didn't feel 100% enough about okay. to, to have them as my two picks. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, as we decided, you're going to go two weeks in a row. Yes. And I'm going to go two weeks in a row. Um, my two movies uh, are, are very, you know, they're in the same genre as each other. Because um, I kind of knew I'd be bringing something like this to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some movies that came very close to being picked uh, that I... Just want to talk about for the sake of recommending them to our audience. Yes. You know, so that they can go and check them out however they can. Uh, I want to talk about the collective works of Tony Ja. Okay. Uh, he is a uh, Thai martial artist. He has made uh, many different uh, martial arts movies uh, alongside his mentor, uh, Pana uh, Ritkai, or Ritikai. Um, and. His movies are fantastic. They are... He wanted to emphasize what he could do mm-hmm. as an actor with his own physicality instead of using, like, wires or uh, special effects. Um, and it kind of shows in all of his his movies and the fight scenes and the way that they are orchestrated. Um, even if you don't recognize the movies, at some point you might have stumbled across the fight scenes of them mm-hmm. because they are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, one movie that I was very close to bringing on the podcast because it was one that I enjoyed thoroughly with my college buddies, mm. um, was Tom Young Goong, which is, uh, it was a 2005 film that Tony Jaa put out, uh, in which he plays, uh, this villager mm-hmm. whose family in the ancient past had, uh, raised the war elephants for, uh, the ruler of Thailand. Interesting. Um, but... Obviously, you know, his, his, you know, his family is currently, it's just, you know, more poverty stricken. They only have like a few elephants left because, you know, that trend of having those war elephants stop died Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the elephants that he's been raising, an old one and a young one are kidnapped by ivory poachers. Um, And 
he goes on this quest to get them back. And mm. he is like a simple farm boy who is going to like the seedy underground of the big city yeah. to fight to get these elephants back. Um, and I believe it is uh, Tom Young-Gunk that has the uh, this kind of... I don't know if it's one take, but it's kind of... It looks like a one mm -hmm. in certain parts mm -hmm. where he fights his way up a spiral staircase that surrounds this antechamber and mm -hmm. the camera follows him up as he fights these dudes Coming up this down, spiral yeah. staircase into the main bad guy's chamber mm -hmm. and then it has this final fight scene in which he is using the bones of an elephant kind of integrated as like body armor to supplement how he's fighting uh i think it's an amazing movie um i thoroughly recommend it even if you go and you check out that fight scene, I, I think it, it's probably going to be the first thing that shows up. Mm -hmm. um, I will certainly. The the English, in when it got it, it's uh, like English language release. It was released as The Protector, so it probably shows up as that. Um, and the reason I'm not bringing it to the podcast is because I could not find a complete version of it to mm. show here. Okay. Uh, because the version that came out here as The Protector was a Harvey Weinstein editing of course. thing yeah. um, that cut out a bunch of stuff. But even then, like... Even after Miyazaki sent him that katana, no cuts. Yeah, well, that that stopped him from doing that to Miyazaki's, but yeah. I, other filmmakers, I doubt, would ever get that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, free pass. Um, and, you know, and even then, like, there are physical media releases of it out there, but mm. they're very iffy on whether or not they include the uncut Thai version. Um, like, I found some that did, but then the reviews were like, oh no, it's just the same English release, but with, like, Thai dialogue over it. Mm -hmm. And and even then, it's... it's there, there are scenes that were removed from the Thai version and then put back into the English version. So, mm -hmm. I, I, for the sake of our Animasterpiece Theater, I, I didn't know if it fit the qualifications to, to mm -hmm. be here but I love that movie and I do recommend that you at least go and check out the fight scenes because it's awesome mm -hmm. uh, on a similar note some more Tony Jaa movies uh, the Ong Bak trilogy mm. uh, I think I think the first one was released as uh, Ong Bak the Thai Warrior uh, and that uh, the first one is a modern day piece where uh, this evil company is going around and looting these Buddha statues mm -hmm. that are uh, throughout Thailand and, you know, destroying them. Uh, so one young man played by Tony Jaa, whose village, you know, his mm -hmm. the village in the Buddha in his village was destroyed or stolen by this company. Um, he fights through the, the crime lords to get it back. Uh, I think he, you know as would be expected in a martial arts movie, he has to go to, like, some underground fight clubs, and he's got to, you know, mm -hmm. the, the work his way up, up the, the ladder. Yep. Um, and then that was followed by two sequels, uh, Ong Bak 2, The Beginning, uh, and then Ong Bak 3, uh, which are very, very distant prequels. Mm -hmm. They set, like, by the time you finish 3, you sort of have the background story for mm -hmm. the village, I believe, in the first movie. Mm -hmm. um, but they are more like historical epics that... Well, not his... I don't... Not historical epics, but like loosely based on historical epics, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, 
But uh, there's a fight scene in Ongbok 2 where Tony Jaa's character kind of fights his way through um, this, you know, like the bad guys. Uh, it's kind of like a wooden, like this wooden tree fortress place. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, amazing fight scene. It's what one of my friends showed to me to, to get us all to, to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure if you just look on YouTube, like Ongbok 2... Mm-hmm. like fight, fight scene. it that's the It'll first result that'll pop yep. up um excellent fight choreography tony ja is just incredible with this stuff mm-hmm. cannot be overstated um you know he they're just amazing they're amazing fight scenes mm-hmm. uh, but i didn't bring those because those were not critically well received either i mean it doesn't have but to be. Yeah. but they also caused tony ja a lot of burnout himself mm. okay like he suffered a lot of creative burnout and the only reason the third one was made was because the shoot for the second movie was so chaotic that the footage couldn't be compressed into a story mm-hmm. for one movie so it was turned into two movies and i think it's sort of when it whenever these are discussed, that's seen as like a like a a downslope in Tony Jaw's career mm-hmm. before he, you know, came back, you know, healthier, more ready to do stuff, you know, got some help from other people. Mm-hmm. I believe he trained as like a monk briefly, uh, to kind of get his creative energy flowing again. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I, I was like, you know, I I wanna try to 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 bring, you know, other things, but I do recommend anyone check out his work yeah. because everything he does does not disappoint. Yeah. So that's uh, that's well, my tangent. I so. have some directors to offer that made the cut, nearly made the cut mm-hmm. for me as well. Um, big names, you know me. Big Criterion snob. Uh, physical media. The two movies that I picked are not available on physical media uh, cheaply or affordably in the U.S. Yes. So I just want to give a shout out. Of course, the Wong Kar Wai box set has inspired many things, including our new intro, midsection, and outro music. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to show either Chungking Express or In the Mood for Love. Um, both are romantic tales told from the perspective of multiple characters. I've harped on his, um, not harped, um, praised his directing style previously on the podcast so you can check that out mm-hmm. but near miss on that um the next person i want to bring up is yasujiro ozu who does more family dramas in the japanese style mm-hmm. so he has the flavor of green tea over rice he has tokyo story which is a heartbreaking movie and i didn't really want to go there but mm-hmm. i do love his direction and it's it's very simplistic it's like the story I, tokyo story is like the story of a man who finds out that he's dying and then just experiencing life from that new lens. Mm-hmm. And it's like a three-hour movie. But it is happy and sad. It's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a, a nice tale and definitely a future watch to all these directors, by the way, um, in going forward on this podcast, if yes. we ever go through a, a movie binge again. Um, Bong Joon-ho, we see him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Parasite. Etc. Etc. The host. The host. Mother. Memories of a murder. All are wonderful movies. I felt that he was a bit overplayed. And you know me. I usually I go a bit more old school with things. Like mm-hmm. uh, here's some retro things. I did not for these two picks. These are two recent movies, which is out of my comfort zone. Well, my two picks are very retro. So, so interesting yeah. that we went. Yeah. You know, two roads diverge in a yellow wood. A lovely crossing way. Dan, <laughs> name the poet. Robert Frost. Oh, got it. Dan. pondering one path i took the other (laughs) what is he saying there Mm. and 
you know, big one on my list. I thought this was Dan Father. Um, so Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. I did not pick any of his. I do love his adaptations of Shakespeare, though. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Throne of Blood. We're talking Ran. Um, I like Rashomon. Of course, there's Seven Samurai, but Seven Samurai is a Dan pick. So there's a big no-touch sticker on that for me. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I know. Well, that's uh, like yeah. your go-to. I would I would claim that one and The Hidden Fortress. Yes. If we ever do, I don't have those two on my lineup this time, mm-hmm. but I in the future, I would want to bring that and Hidden Fortress to yeah. the to the. Uh, arena <laughs> mm, but good tangent there's a lot of good film out there and a lot of good asian film yeah at that yeah so expand your weeb horizons or normal film critique horizons yes because a lot of the american schlock they're giving us these days except for that green knight poster bevy <laughs> oh yeah those yeah. character posters Ooh. I read the script and I'm so ready. As soon as those tickets go on sale, I'm going to be... <laughs> <laughs> Purchase me these. <laughs> Show up in the stretch limo. <laughs> Arriving at the Jonathan, premiere. Jonathan, over here, over here. Yes. Click. <laughs> I can't make love to a bush. That's our new episode art. It's... And you miss it. And I hope people like it. I, will I, they get the reference? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. I, but I love it. They might get it through that SpongeBob redub yeah, that was. That's... But I hope they do. In the future, when I revamp our podcast art next, mm-hmm. I'm going to give us more consistent looks for Ooh. the. Um, you know, get my some, noble chin. Ben. Some Sugimori <laughs> styled, like you know, I, I I kind of um. I mean, I love it. So I hope that people find it cute, yeah. you know, but I don't know if the reference is going to, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I enjoy. Yeah. You work hard, Dan. The raccoons work harder, though. Yes. Well, with that beautiful tangent, as always, Dan, mm-hmm. far more eloquent than me, um, shall we get into Anna Masterpiece Theater? Yes. All right. So at a masterpiece theater, as I said, Dan and I are going to show off a few Asian cinema masterpieces to expand our weeb horizons and enhance our appreciation for cinematic culture. Uh, Taking turns, we're going to go double double. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Uh, Introducing each other to films we've hopefully never seen before. Uh, Bridging the gap of our taste and showing our appreciation for cast and crew spanning the globe. Also, it's my birthday month and Dan owes me. (laughs) (laughs) So the least you can do is give me these four weeks, Dan. Right? You spoiled me, daughters. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious blood. (laughs) Um, And our first film we're watching, very recent, just watched this in quarantine, even though it's been shoved down my throat since 2017. One Cut of the Dead is what we're watching today. Have you ever heard of this film before, Dan? Yes, from you. Oh, okay. Well, that that makes sense. So why this film? Why One Cut of the Dead? Uh, Shin Ichiro Ueda, who is the director, presents a Japanese film, One Cut of the Dead, combining three of my loves, horror, comedy, and movies about making movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the first time I saw this film, both of my picks this month, I saw during the time in quarantine provided, whatever this year is, or, you know, it's more than a year now, who cares? Go on for the rest of my lifetime, I'll be in quarantine forever. Um, I was smitten. Aside from this, this is a movie not to be spoiled, so go and watch it first. (laughs) As we never say on this podcast, I mean, we recommend watching along, right? Yeah. I don't think we ever... Ideally. Yeah, I don't think we ever spoil anything too dramatic, right? I mean, we can't unless we do like a... Our, our Twitch stream in the future where we like, who wants to watch Saint Seiya with us? In secret, so Twitch doesn't take us down for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> but I would highly recommend watching this first because once you're spoiled, that surprise is going to be gone. So Dan, don't read ahead of my notes. Okay. I know you've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to go in pure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then return to this episode. Something that is meant to be experienced without any prior knowledge and watched again and again. So that's just my, you know, little intro for this movie. Uh, the drawing board, I couldn't think of a creative name, so maybe you can do that in future. I put the award show edition. Mm-hmm. Um, he's decked down to the nines in a suit or dress, whichever he prefers to wear or they prefer to wear, <laughs> with many awards gathered on that little place where you put the markers on the drawing board. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called. Like a shelf. Yeah, it's a shelf. I just think it's a shelf. Uh, One Cut of the Dead or Kamara Otomuro Na. Translation, Don't Stop the Camera, is a 2017 Japanese zombie comedy film written and directed by Shinichiro Ueda. Made with a low budget of 3 million or 25,000 American dollars, so 3 million yen, 25,000 USD, with a cast of unknown actors gathered in an acting workshop, the film opened to Japan in a small... a theater for a six-day run. Following its international success at its screening at the Udain Film Festival, the film began getting wider exposure, including a re-release in Japan. It grossed $3.12 billion in Japan and $30.5 million worldwide, making box office history by earning over a thousand times its budget. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> we can only imagine, then. Uh, filmmaker Shin Ichiro Ueda directed, edited, and wrote the script for One Cut of the Dead. Ueda, an independent filmmaker, had previously made several short films. For the film, he stated that One Cut of the Dead was partially inspired by Ryochi Wada's stage play Ghost in the Box, which Ueda had seen five years prior. I think it comes up a little bit later in my notes. There's some like turmoil there where uh, the playwright was like, you stole my idea directly and then put it on stage without giving me the credit. But it's since been glossed over. I don't think it ever exceeded past like, you know, why yeah. did you do this? I yeah. think there was a formal explanation then it like kind of died down. But interesting nonetheless. In August 2018, Ryuchi Wada gave an interview where he stated that One Cut of the Debt was an adaptation of Ghost in the Box and he was consulting his legal representatives. The month before, Wada had remarked on social media that he enjoyed the film. Ueda acknowledged that Ghost in the Box was an inspiration for his film but denied that he plagiarized the play. Both Ueda and Wada eventually came to an agreement crediting Wada and acknowledging Ghost in the Box in One Cut of the Dead's credits. So Mm -hmm. they settled things. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Um... Filming for One Cut of the Dead took place over the course of eight days in June 2017. It was shot at a water filtration plant in Mito, Ibaraki, and had been exhausting due to the pressure to get a long take right. So One Cut of the Dead, you can assume that this film is essentially One Cut Dead, yes. right? It's shot in one take and one take only. Mm-hmm. At least part of it, but I won't get into the deeper details there. Uh, The most modest understatement in history is what I have down. Critics have praised the film using examples... um, One second, please. Brainy and bloody in equal measure, One Cut of the Dead reanimates the moribund zombie genre with refreshing blend of formal daring and clever satire and marvelously inventive horror comedy that breeds new life into the zombie genre. It has a 100% certified on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if that's prestigious in any way, shape, or form, but I can't think of any film off the top of my mind that has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, wasn't there a thing that Paddington 2... Oh, is, well, no, Paddington <laughs> 2 is the essence of cinema kicking Citizen Kane out yeah. of its rifle. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't seen Paddington 2, there's a, a rain on the roof from Stephen Sondheim's Follies number in there. Paddington's eating marmalade. It's a... It's a wonderful film, Dan. Yes. Even, you know, better than the first. <laughs> um, some awards. I have a lot down here, um, so forgive me if I butcher any names. Uh, nominated for much more, but going to a list, what what has won with, like, a high precedence order, or what I thought was, mm. like, a higher thing. Uh, special award, the 43rd Hochi Film Awards. 
the Ujira, Ujiro Ishihara Award at the 31st Nikon Sports Film Awards, the Special Jury Prize at the 40th Yokohama Film Festival, Ueda won Best Director at the 73rd Miyanachi Film Awards, and 28th Tokyo Sports Film Awards, where actress Harumi Shuma won Best Newcomer as well, Best Film, the 61st Blue Ribbon Awards, and the Best Film Editing also went to Ueda at the 42nd Japan Academy Prize. Uh, relatively small main cast, but the extras and crew put in work in this movie. I'm just gonna say that. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're clearly should be honored as much as the main cast that you see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, the main cast play versions of themselves with different last names, aside from Yuzuki as Akia. We have Takeyuki Hamatsu as Takeyuki, uh, Higurashi. Now as now... Higurashi, Harami Shumama as Harami Higurashi, Yuzuki Akiyama as Aki Aika Matsumoto, Kazuki Nagaya as Kazuki Kamiya, and Manaba Hosoi as Manabu Hosoda. Mm -hmm. okay, I think I did okay with that. Before we watch, all I can say is strap in and every little detail pays off. You will be rewatching this one for years. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, my notes have come quickly to a close for once. I did not want to spoil anything for you. Any initial thoughts on what to expect? On what you've seen in the media or you've heard of it? I know I recommended it to you. Have you heard about this film elsewhere? Uh, well, it, uh, I got the recommendation from you. Mm -hmm. uh, I also heard it discussed, but not spoiled. Okay. I think one of the Red Letter Media guys mentioned this at one point, mm -hmm. you know, without spoilers, just encouraging people to see it. Yes. Um, but I'm excited. Mm. I I am not a fan of the zombie genre. <gasps> Well, um, neither am I. Yeah. Like, I, I love the original Night of the Living Dead. Yes. I think I've stated They're this... coming to get you, Bob. Yeah, I, I love that movie. It holds up nonstop, but mm -hmm. I'm not thrilled with how the genre... I like, will I... say this is a similar feel to that. Yeah. So maybe you will enjoy it. Yeah, and that's what I hope. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always looking for something that puts, like, a fresh spin on it, that doesn't just recycle the same crap as like the mm. walking dead oh of course which i hate yeah, so I like mean, I, yeah. I you know i another toxic uh, yeah. fan base <laughs> um but uh, yeah i i'm i'm excited right yeah. well you know i chose this film because like i said it blends three of my favorite genres horror comedy and movies about movie making and i think it does it to a t otherwise i would not have suggested it for anna masterpiece theater mm -hmm. as i said before Watch the film first, then return to this episode. I know I'm usually a sucker for views. <laughs> like, rate, review, and subscribe. But really, I recommend watching this first mm -hmm. and then coming back. That's the greatest joy and privilege that I can give you in this. That's all I want to say. So shall we dive into One Cut of the Dead? Uh, I'd say so. Well, Dan, I've been taking self-defense classes. Let me show you a little trick. Pum! <laughs> That'll make sense in the viewing. I hope so. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Dan, I don't think I should act. I really shouldn't act. 
You do tend to go a little too far when you do, but... Hello, everyone! It's me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski! Uh, we just watched One Cut of the Dead 2017. Dan, what did you think? I loved it. Loved? Be honest. I... It's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. But I think it is one of the sweetest movies that I have seen in a in a fair amount of time. Yeah. Like, um, it didn't go the way I expected. Th- mm. like, twice, actually. Well, twice, I'd love actually. to hear your opinions of it when we um, get into detail. <laughs> I perhaps have... No, I don't even really have... Criti- I don't have... Well, I, I, like, did some things not work it, for it you? It literally, like, um... We can go into those as we we come. Maybe at okay. the end we'll go into those. Okay. But I did love it. I did. I did thoroughly. It was a very sweet movie. If anything, if anything, my hesitation comes is I'm worried about what my picks are going to be. Oof. So like I I I you know you bring quality cinema to the table usually, and I I want to make sure that I <laughs> you match me. You know you can impress the impress. I've been floundering behind, so I want I want to make sure that I can. I don't know. Venus know. Wars has changed that. <laughs> <laughs> I did a one eighty. I said, "Oh, Dan has taste," <laughs> but no, this was legitimately a a very sweet movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for the purposes of this discussion, if you have not had it spoiled for you please then watch it this yeah. is the point of no return yeah. perhaps to yes. uh you know go and watch it for yourself uh, because i think that this is a movie that anyone who is interested in film production mm-hmm. or not well, not just interested in the tea that goes on behind the film scenes, production yeah. then uh, you know you're going to enjoy it mm-hmm. so yeah. i i agree i think this is a secretly sweet movie secretly mm-hmm. saccharine one might say it goes through like Ten different genres it in, does. The period, in the period of an hour and a half. It's crazy. You said, like, they didn't miss anything. They packed everything into an hour and a half. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy about it. It's a light watch, but at the same time, it's a worthwhile watch. Yes. Um, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Please feel free to interrupt me anytime during this plot synopsis, because I want your honest opinion. Of on course. Things. So um, let's get into One Cut of the Dead. What happens within it? And this is a multi-layered movie, kind of like an onion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of layers, Dan. Yeah, yeah. That's a Shrek reference, and you didn't say a thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just assume people. <laughs> that's the go-to. That's what they know. <laughs> Have you seen that Jennifer Saunders of her recording during "I Need a Hero" in Shrek too? Yeah. <laughs> She's a queen, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Can we get her on the pod? I'd watch anything Jennifer Saunders is in. <laughs> Bring along Dawn French, too. I'd love that. Our first celebrity cameo, we get Jennifer Jennifer Saunders. Can you imagine? (laughs) I would die. I'd be like, sure. Someone out there make it happen. Anyways, the plot synopsis of One Cut of the Dead. We begin with the final girl, Chinatsu, as she's trying to kill off Ko or Ken, who has become a zombie, apparently. As she is bitten, she confesses her love to Ko slash Ken. Turns out, it's just a scene being filmed, Dan. And there are 42 different takes, and the director screams for perfection in his film, as we're all wont to do. Yes. Uh, This is me in the director's chair. He wants real fear. The director shifts his attention to Ko and has the fight broken up by the makeup artist, Now, who recommends everyone take five, because it's the union break time. Yeah. (laughs) Um... When she says this, Ko talks with Chinatsu, stating that 
the director is insane, but Chinatsu says she's an awful actor and suggests in the next scene that Ko really attacked her. So, Dan, if we're ever filming a scene, please strangle me. That's how I get into the mood. <laughs> right? That's how I elevate the status. Of, of course, yeah. Method act. <laughs> I need to feel your arms around my windpipe. Otherwise, I won't be able to act. Um, there is some chemistry offset between her and Ko, and the film they're filming with a real axe, so it's not an OSHA set, maybe, but yeah, yeah, it's a little odd. Um, another crew member, the assistant director, Kasahara, states that the director wants fake blood on the roof. He goes, I don't know really for what, maybe it's for him to bathe in, but little do we know, that's probably what this character wants in this scene. Yes, yep. yes. I, I thought you were going to get some, like, MST3K vibes from the opening. Like, I wasn't sure if you thought this was, like, a real opening or a fake opening. Okay. I think yeah. I think this is this is a, a moment where I um, can kind of explain to our listeners what I thought was going to happen. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Uh, because th- this whole thing, like, I, you know, from your description alone, I knew, okay, it's about a gr- group of people filming a zombie movie with, with a twist. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought, based on the, you know, how that scene that we you just described mm-hmm. played out, was that it was going to be that they're filming, uh, you know, a, like a shitty horror serial. Yeah. Uh, the lead actress is like like a an internet star, mm-hmm. and she can't act. So the director is going to stage an actual like a, a fake zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. to force her to, to method act, act yeah. to catch her reactions. But it's going to not go as planned, and she's going to actually start like killing Murdering the people, people playing the zombies. Plot? Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, you know, because we. The, that that first scene when did happens. you know though when did you feel like that thought switched in your head when i mean it, we can get to it in the plot but like it wasn't at this point or like no it was at this okay it, it was it was literally like from when when they break and they go upstairs to have like the little the 30 Pow-wow. minute break yeah like i'm thinking okay this is a moment where we're focusing on these characters talking because i think that the other people are going and setting up the zombie apocalypse in the background. Mm. Like, we're going to... That's a good thought. Like, yeah. they, the, these, you know, the, the main... Uh, like, now needs to keep, uh, you know, the main girl distracted along with the, the lead actor, mm-hmm. and then the other people are setting up the fake zombie apocalypse yes. in the background to scare the lead actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrong, No, but, but it's but, a great guess. I love that. But that's what I thought was going to happen, that it was going to be a Jonathan director... <laughs> It who, is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not emoting enough in the lead role. So well, there's you're... a lot of Jonathan people in this movie. Well, there's yes. Shinatsu, there's now, there's the director, there's the producer, who uh, we'll all mention. You know, and then you would stage something to, like, get a response yeah, from out Dan. of me. from Dan. But then I actually end up putting the real not prop acts yeah. through your, you know, you and murder then it's... all my counterparts. And then it's like, you know, oh, Now crap. there's a movie there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Jonathan Spurned. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I that's le- legitimately what I thought was going to happen, and yeah. I thought that as we walked through it, you know, there would be creative ways of of people like seeming to die yeah. around them. Yeah, but then it would be like, oh, this was all just to get you to act. So an so. interesting thing: did you think it was all going to stay in this like Night of the Living Dead kind of viewing point, like recording thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just want to know. 
I'm intrigued by anyone who watches this movie for the first time. Yeah. All right. Um, so Kasahara states that the director wants fake blood on the roof to bathe in, goes off to meet his order. Uh, this is a make it or break it film for the director, apparently according to now, because he's in debt and needs this movie to make Mondo bucks for him in yeah. order to get out of debt. Um, why this abandoned factory, which Dan brought up, this is a beautiful location it is. to yeah. film a, a movie on. The director searched tirelessly for it, now explains that this factory was for water filtration on paper, but the Japanese military used it for human experimentations to extend life. And I said, this is where I'll get Dan, <laughs> where I throw in the sci-fi bit with people like reincarnating from the yeah. dead. <laughs> Well, and I took that to to mean that the the director was having that lady tell that story to make the lead yeah, actress. Yeah, no, it would be a great twist too. Who might have been ditzy to believe that? Oh, there were chemicals here that could make people sick, so we're going to that. Mm -hmm. But again, I you know that that was incorrect. Yeah. But I have down in my notes startling sounds, so we know this means things throughout the course of the movie. But they the actors here or the the people here still hear startling sounds. And suggest it must be the wind. Ko makes a nervous small talk, and the subject drifts to hobbies. Now reveals she has taken up self-defense. A demonstration, perhaps? The importance of shouting, POM! <laughs> when you're in self-defense. This is endearing. I love now. Mm -hmm. I think I stand now. Best character of the film. Yeah. She's a makeup artist gone awry. Um, she shows a demonstration of her um, self-defense techniques and admits to the importance of shouting, POM! while doing it mm -hmm. even though this doesn't add anything to it uh the boom mic guy yamagoe stumbles into frame and then tries to head outside uh outside kasahara who delivered the fake blood is viciously attacked by another crew member hosoda who kasahara believes is just painted to be a zombie actor hosoda pukes in the face uh, in kasahara's face and begins biting inside the factory an arm from the carnage is flung indoors now, Ko and Chinatsu wait in horror. Could this be a prop? It looks so real. Now, scream, seeing Kasahara stumbles in with an arm. I love this scene because they're dissecting, like, oh, is this a prank just to make us act? And mm -hmm. I go, ooh, this is going to get Dan thinking, right? Yeah. Like, is this the whole point of it? Are the other actors in on this little gist that they got here? Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that was intriguing to me. Um... No, he's actually dead and missing an arm. Chinatsu is attacked by the zombie. Ko fends the zombie off with a shovel as Yamagoe sits in watch and horror in the background. So Yamagoe is perched on like some tires or whatever in the background, just sitting and watching yeah. while these other people are fighting off their zombie. And like any thoughts about that? Like what did you think during that? Was it just out of fear? Uh, well, I, I just assumed that that, you know, in the greater you know theatrical thing that they were putting on he was supposed to be the one who was like signaling something's wrong here mm -hmm. like i i i noticed something's going on and i'm gonna try to split you know to make everything more convincing i like i guess his in-universe horror movie role would be like he notices that like oh fuck we're we're getting surrounded by zombies but yeah as we find out that yeah mm -hmm. so uh, Chinatsu is attacked by the zombie. Ko fends off the zombie with the shovel as Yamagoe sits and watches in horror. The crew inside can't believe it. Kasahara reanimates and attacks, desiring his arm back, chasing Ko through the water plant. Ko throws the arm outside and locks the door. The director has been filming the whole time, Dan! Yeah, yeah. 
And I love this director character that he's just standing there going, action, I want the real emotions from you all. Yeah. Mm. Which you could see a director doing, so yeah, Yeah. Uh, adds a layer to it. No matter what, we keep rolling. Uh, He has started this strange ritual and now comes to a realization. It's a very like B-movie horror role, like, my God, you didn't throw the blood off the roof, did you? Mm Mm-hmm. And she seems to know more than she lets on. The director has become obsessed and resorted to summoning summoning the living dead. Yamigoi runs outside, afraid, and from out of frame we hear him scream, assuming he is now dead. The director yells at the person recording all of this to not stop rolling slash keep it rolling, which is the name of the film, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, we don't know who he's looking at in this moment, if he's turning to the audience or if he's turning to the imaginary third wall and the theatrical, like... Looking towards us watching the film yeah. and saying, keep it rolling. Um, and runs outside to record more carnage. Uh, Ko asks Jinatsu and now if they're alright, now seems confused. There is an awkward, long, tense silence. And I mean, Dan, I don't know if you've ever acted anything outside of me where I forced you to act. <laughs> but this is a very common actor trope. Mm-hmm. You know, like just waiting around on the set to say like oh we're improvising now okay yeah, filling the silence yes yeah. uh now wants to take the axe and make a break for the car on set uh there are bangs heard from the opposite side of the water plant and shinatsu opens the doors revealing the director be to be holding yamagoi's corpse which springs to life as the director shouts action um allowing for some great footage now chops off yamagoi's head in a rage Ko knocks out the director, now tells the pair to run to the car as she fends off the zombies. So I do like how now is really in the moment, mm-hmm. and she takes it initiative to kill these zombies. Yes. This would be me in a zombie outbreak. Dan thinks I would be, like, afraid of everything? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I would kill Dan without a moment's notice if I thought he was going to be bit, right? That's the only way this can end. So. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Um... Uh, now chops off Yamagoi's head in a rage. Ko knocks out the director. And now tells the pair to run off the car. She fends off the zombies. The camera is wiped to remove the blood. Yes. So, like, that's one uh, fourth wall shattering moment. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, who is behind this camera? We don't know. Um, but it does happen. There's no key in the car. Kasahara had the key. Almost as if on cue, in quotes. Uh, Kasahara enters and bangs on the van the trio is hiding in. The director appears again and opens the door as zombie Kasahara attacks Chinatsu. He goes, get that bitch! Opens the door. Yeah, the zombies are outside. Get but outside. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. this make a perfect movie that the director is, like, not influenced by anything at the same time? Yeah. Again, Like that's, a B-movie. Yeah. Like, that. that's, you know, like, he's going through, like, a, you know, like, not an Ed Wood thing, but, like, he's, mm. he's just, you know, we're gonna... One take, we're gonna go nuts as yeah. the chaos, the domino effect yeah. unfolds. And like, he's just gonna it would make it. a perfect, like, these. this is three separate movies yes. in one movie. Yes. Which is really cool. And I thought Dan would be like, oh, I could see, like, the director having the maniacal power of overtaking this situation that's going on. Yeah, even if you play that in, like, a supernatural where the director has, like, literal abilities to, like, dick with the crew, yeah. then yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chinatsu breaks free and tries to avoid Ka- uh, Kasahara as the cameras drop. 
She steals the bag with the key and camera, the camera follows once more. Shinatsu stumbles on a twisted ankle, as is the horror trope, her way into an underground walkway, only to be attacked by the extra. Uh, Ko finds Shinatsu and both run back to the factory. Now opens the door at the last moment. It's like, let us in, Jonathan, let us in! Fine. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. the deadpan, fine, come in. Yeah. I don't really want you in here anyway. Uh, letting everyone but the zombies in. She noticed Shinatsu might be bitten. Shinatsu is unsure. This now moment where she goes, like, to the side, picks up the axe, and goes, it's only just in case. <laughs> like, we know what's going to happen with that axe, right? Yes. We know what she's intending. Um, now, who has picks up, picked up the axe is covered in blood. She... Turns page, struggles to kill Chinatsu, and races after her. Now roundhouses the zombie extra and Kasahara to continue her chase. I do like this physical, like, performance by Now's actress that she's kicking people. Yeah. And, like, sending them hurtling into the dirt. And it's a good, because, you know, the zombies are still just the person zombified. Mm -hmm. So if you're fighting, you know, if you're in good shape and you're fighting just someone who, you know, like a scraggly zombie, then you could, you know, you're going to fucking roundhouse them. No, it makes sense. Uh, Chinatsu humbles up to the factory roof, calling for help, only to see the director beaten by a mad now, now. Now, now. Did you see the pun I did there? I did. (laughs) Uh, Ko fights with now, who almost breaks his arm. Shinatsu screams as we hear uh, fighting and a bloody squelch. When we next see now, she has an axe in her head. Ko embraces Shinatsu, who is afraid he is bitten. Uh, Ko is pulled off screen by someone and Shinatsu descends the stair again, weeping over the carnage. She tries to hide in the shed, which has a satanic mark on it. She finds her wound was just stage makeup and hides as a zombie walks in. She stifles a scream and the zombie walks out. Chinatsu finds an axe and embolden, how lucky for me to find an axe, right? Mm-hmm. Calls out to Ko, who is climbing up to the roof again. She finds him standing silently. He has become a, zion- a zombie. Uh, he walks towards her and now wakes up and screams. Uh, the axe is still in head, only to die again. So now is like in the middle of the situation, goes, what's going on? And then dies again. What did you think of that? Like, I want to know, what did you think of this now moment? Um... This first like, oh my God, I'm alive again. What's going on? Uh, playing, um, you know, like, that was difficult to read. Mm -hmm. That was difficult to... Like, did you think it was comedy, or did you think, like, this was part of the director's kind of thing? At this point, Uh, did you know it was, like, a film being filmed, or... Yes. I, I, you know, I I don't, I assumed that at least, like, that layer of twist from the get-go... As for now popping back up, I assumed that that was just, like, a little comedy beat. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, she was, you know, the character in-universe was supposed to be becoming zombified. Yeah. And then she just pops up, but then something prompts her to not, mm-hmm. you know, like, because uh, it, it doesn't play into how the scene is supposed to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, no, that was that was a that was a strange little moment. Like I thought it was it was just like now is so determined that mm-hmm. you know she's still kicking. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Chinatsu struggles to kill Ko as the director films and shouts during this climax. Several times it appears Ko is remembering Chinatsu, and there's tons of like moments where it's like Dan, talk to me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and then back again, and then the like referencing, I guess the the first scene where mm-hmm. there's like hesitation. Yeah, yeah. 
um, with no other option, Shinatsu slashes Ko, stating her love before brutally killing the director. Well, okay, that's... I I should just say that yeah. that thing with Shinatsu and Ko yeah. is what made me think this was a method acting thing, okay. because the way that the, the roof thing recreates the opening part, it mm-hmm. was like, there, it's that's... A, it's the, a bookend, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the... No, that's sense. what I wanted down in the basement. Yeah, and you Dad didn't get, says uh, he's not a film fan, but he can pick up on the film facts. Uh, so, you know, that's that reinforced that part to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, so, Chinatsu has killed Ko, and the director, crying, she walks on the rooftop to discover a ritualistic symbol drawn in blood as the camera raises and the title fades... Halfway through the movie, we get one cut of the dead and the credits play. So mm-hmm. what did you think here, Dan? That's going to be like my whole podcast. What did you think here, Dan? Well, there's this shot of like... The... Did you think the movie was over? Even though I was next to you going, oh, the movie's over, eh? Well, obvi- I mean, even the, you know, your reaction helped, but I figured that it was going to be that this in-universe movie was going to stop shooting, Mm -hmm. they would go back and realize that one of the people on the, like, legitimately got killed in Shinatsu's little thing. Yeah. And the director, like, kept letting, you know, Oh, you could have made a movie like this, Dan. You got a mind. (laughs) So, it it was... Yeah, like, it would would be the aftermath It's like Hell House LLC, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it it would be like, you know, they would be regrouping... The director chose mm-hmm. not to stop it, but then you find, you, you see, like, in the wake of Chinatsu's, like, final girl mm-hmm. rampage, she legitimately killed people, axed, like, yeah. a, like, a camera person or something. Yeah. And then they would maybe think about, like, how to cover up the crime. The yeah. director would, like, keep playing into that to there get more of a thing out of Chinatsu for, like, extra footage or something. Mm. And then, you know, they got a hold up in this factory because, you know. They that, can't let anyone go, because yeah. that'll be the end of this director's yeah, career. It'll be the end of everyone's career. That's That's great. what I thought. I mean, but. but the credits play, we get OK Cut, and then we get the flashback to one month ago. So setting up the story, the second act of this movie, mm-hmm. out of three acts. Uh, there's a second-rate, cheap, but practical director known as Takayuki Higurashi is working on some miscellaneous TV projects. A lot of small-time work. And Dan, your catchphrase, it's been revealed to the audience. Fast, cheap, but average is his motto. I mean, Dan, that's you to a T. It is. Like, (laughs) did you feel any connection to, uh, Takayuki? In some way, yeah. I thought you would. I was like, this is... This is Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like he doesn't want to sacrifice his art to do anything, yeah. but at the same time, it's he's a pushover. So yeah. so he'll say yes to everything. Yeah, but he wants to keep his art intact. Yeah, uh, he can't say no when offered uh, direct to direct a special indie zombie film where zombies attack the crew. There are two quotas, though. One, it's going to be a 30 minutes live. And two, it's going to have one take, no cuts. Which, if anyone's involved in the film industry, this is like suicide. Yeah. This is not a good thing. This is impossible to do, Dan. Yeah. Unless you're someone really famous has the budget and the actors to carry it through. Yeah, and I would think especially with a horror movie... And oh, I mean, yeah. I mean the 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 character. I mean, Takeyuki, we think of like uh, Rope by Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. which is done in mostly one take. And it's you know, it, it, I mean, I talk like the stress on Takayuki's face conveys that. Like mm-hmm. 
you want me to do like a like a genre level like horror movie and he laughs it off he laughs it off first he's like you must be joking and the producers are like no we're not joking yeah we really want to offer you this uh this is clearly an awful idea takayuki takes this and the real title card plays halfway through the movie introducing jonathan as jonathan jonathan as jonathan Mm -hmm. and jonathan as jonathan yeah so i was like oh dan's gonna think something different's going on and i did uh (laughs) okay well my second movie idea comes in after this um this uh act maybe the third act yeah so we'll keep going okay so we see takayuki's wife harumi at home in their small apartment apartment learning self-defense this is where we get the palm yeah for the first time uh he talks over the pitch and suggests he never says no uh the daughter or their daughter mao quickly leaves hanging out with a new crew harumi asks taki takayuki to spy on her she is trying to film her own stuff but is only a pa personal assistant on set and she is giving unsolicited advice to child actors to not use fake tears which as an actor you should be able to recall those real tears baby you need to go back into your sense memory and be able to recall those real real tears (laughs) i know i'm not drunk acting (laughs) (laughs) give me a drink which we'll get into uh eye drops huh uh his work is lacking passion actor kazuki kamiya is on tv and his daughter appears to be enamored with him and he turns out to be a very popular actor who does acting for the sake of art. Mm-hmm. So we get like this famous uh, celebrity type that's involved in movies. And he goes like, I'm going to be in a new movie and I can only give you one hint. I'll be covered in blood. Yeah. Um, current obsession for Mao, who's the daughter. Takayuki takes notice uh, during a horror movie next uh takayuki notices he's on the casting notice maybe this is a way to reconnect to my daughter dan yeah yeah it's very sweet um the first reading room aika matsumoto is reading for the role of chinatsu she seems to be a pop star or teen idol during this because she does like the the matsumo beam yeah thing. and then she's like she can't get vomited on yeah like because agency. my agency won't let me yeah yeah, um, another actor, Daigo Kuroka, who is supposed to be playing the director, is flirting with her. Kazuki Kai- Kamiya, aka Ko, is a total diva, finding morals in the script that aren't there. He goes, well, this is clearly a symbolism for, like, race. Yes. And going yeah. on here. Uh, the DOP, the director of productions, Manobu Hosoda, talks with the AD assistant director, Hiroshi Yamanochi, aka Kasahara, and sound boom slash mic guy, shunsuke yamagoe asks about the water and food because he has ibs and is very worried about it yeah only soft water like that's an interesting thing and you're like oh why is that here in this film Mm -hmm. like it's the second film is like about the production and then the third film is the real film yeah in this uh thing he wants only soft water um it's in the email i sent to you multiple times uh miss my ida comes in frazzled and with child she is going to be playing the makeup person uh, odd as only some of these characters seem to have actually played their roles in the movie dan did you notice that yeah yeah that some of these actors did not seem like so there was actors. a there was a switcheroo coming somehow okay uh takayuki the actual director tries to make the best of a disastrous read-through with mai's baby crying let's take a break daigo and mai begin flirting 
the Ica agency won't like seeing her covered in blood and vomit. Kamiya being a method acting diva, still very rude. So he's like, you know, I wouldn't see this in the script. And then that one actor comes up to him and is like, can I get your autograph? No. Yeah. I don't really want that right now. Uh, Hosoda seems to be drunk where he leans on his hand and then falls directly into the table as I do when we watch these movies and record these podcasts. Okay, so this this whole stretch um, mm. of the movie is where I I came up with movie theory number two. Go ahead. Um, so we we have um, and I'm still I'm still going. There's a lot of names. I'm going with yeah. the theory that at this point I was still going with the theory that this is like a, going to be a like a like a dark a comedy. Bath, yeah. In in, in in some like like a like a horror, but like mostly a dark comedy. Yeah. So I assumed because we meet, you know, we know that that uh, Tanaguchi has like a thing with his his daughter where she seems like disappointed in him, or they're just drifting apart naturally. Um, they don't like connect how they used to, and she has a crush on lead method actor dude. And I thought what was going to happen in the next stretch of time was that lead actor dude was going to hurt or offend the daughter in some way, mm-hmm. like, because she's very... Into that character. F- yeah, she's very finicky, and she's, like, in with movie... Pro- like, she's, like, obsessed she's with the She's got a Travis Bickle, she's got a Jack Nicholson The Shining shirt. She's yeah. into film production. Yeah, like, 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 that, like, that actor would do something to, like, break her heart. And the the father, the director, would go nuts, kind of. Mm. And then in the process of making this movie, would try to set it up to kind of literally kill these people. Yeah. Like, stage some kind of accident during filming where, uh, you know, the diva main guy and etc. get killed in the process yeah. as, like, revenge to show that he's not a pushover, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um that didn't happen either. <laughs> no. But good guess. So, yeah. Then we're on to, we're on to, you know. So, yeah. again, it's, that's, that's the fascinating thing no. about this, so. Uh, so it seems that this production is going to be a shit show. However, the set design and rehearsal kicks off. The film crew, uh, film crew starts practicing their blocking on camcorder. Main cameraman Tanaguchi is offered pointers by eager assistant camera OP, Tanaguchi's back appears to be hurting, and Asamori assistant camera op wants to take over, but Tanaguchi says no. So this is an important plot point to remember later. <laughs> it's a little treat for us, the viewers. <laughs> uh, back at home, Harumi reads the script multiple times. She has acted before and reveals to Mao that she gets two interrolls, which is a very Jonathan... Like, when I'm playing a role, Dan, there's little <laughs> that can be come between me and that role. I am... You you lived, you know, yeah, Lady you, Bracknell from you, you, uh, <laughs> the importance of being earnest. You lived as Queen Bathsheba for five months and didn't I, even get the part. So. <laughs> I seldom get the part, but I can live as that actor. So here we go. Um, meanwhile, she's taken up a lot of hobbies. So Mal reads through the script. It will have Kaima in it. Takuyuki notices her reading. Uh, rehearsal is in the park is so they rehearse in the park and it's unconvinc- unconvincing Aiko wants to use eye drops to cry Takeyuki thinks it would be non-realistic but buckles uh, Yamagoi a- uh, again asks if there will be a bathroom on set he will need them Daigo and Mai are still flirting Hosoda says he won't be drinking until shooting is done he shares his bad relationship with his daughter with uh, Takeyuki 
And we get this, like, oh my god, my daughter doesn't respect what I do thing. And yeah. that's the whole other tangent of this movie. Yeah. And it's sweet and endearing. If I ever had a daughter, I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't respect what I do. Yeah. I'm a homeless podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> How could I ever support a daughter, Dan? It's fine. We'll be in cyberpunk times by then, so. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hoso starts weeping. That night, Takayuki does the same thing over big pictures of Mao. Harumi wants Mao to assist on the movie slash visit the set, which is like her, like, you know, get talking to her daughter thing. Yeah, yeah. The kind of uh, uh, olive branch that she's extending there. Um, we transition to the third act of the film. So we're in the final act, Dan. It's the day of filming on location at the water plant. In a separate shed, the tech gets set up, props are, and cameras are getting set up. Mao and Harumi both visit the set. If there are mistakes, keep going. Once we start, there is no stopping. So we know that this film TV production has no breaks in it. Yes. Um, the producer sends a large bottle of sake for luck. Hosada notices this and, uh-oh, because he's the drunk on set. He knows what to do with it. Yeah. Um, Takayuki hides the bottle. Yamagoi drinks the wrong water by mistake, so immediately we get, like, diarrhea guy is gonna have diarrhea on this film. And it's not gonna be good. Uh, both Daigo and Mai are in minor, in a minor car accident and can't make it to the set, so they've finoodled their way out of this film. Yeah, the intended actors for the director, the in-universe director. And the ingenue. Yes. Yeah. Or the makeup artist have been cut out of things. Uh, there's some obvious finoodling slash an affair going on, but the show is without a director and a makeup artist. Two pivotal roles. We have to cancel, says one of the producers, with two hours left, but we can't. Takeyuki steps in and fills the role of the director, and then Harumi will play the makeup artist. But initially, they're like, you shouldn't play the makeup artist because <laughs> you get too into acting. Yes. And Harumi is like, no, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And then immediate transition. Hello, cast. I'm your new makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Which is a very Jonathan role right here. Because <laughs> I will take it seriously, Dan. Yes. Just know that. Yeah. If you're ever casting. <laughs> Tuck that Oscar speech back into <laughs> If I ever win an Oscar, Dan, you best believe it's going to be over for all these other bitches winning the Oscar. Nomadland? I don't think so. Frances McDormand can take a sleep. <laughs> just saying uh so harumi has read the script over a hundred times but she and takuki think it's an awful idea kamiya wants to immediately cancel for art and is unconvinced he is the star so the the pop diva is like no this isn't gonna work out yeah like don't let me act in this it's not gonna be good uh yamagoi's star stomach act starts acting up hosoda is jonesing for a drink uh, Tamaguchi's back is still acting up. Aika says not to go easy on her and not to be too nervous. And then we get into the final act of the film where this film is really put through. And any initial thoughts then, like, to this final act of the film? Did it go the way you thought it was going to go? Or... This... Again, I love this movie. This mm-hmm. was this was a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I just legitimately thought that because I, I, I don't know what it, like, I approach everything 
like this, assuming that it's going to be, like, a dark comedy or, yeah. like, cynical. Yeah, when I pick anything, it's going to be cynical, then. Well, I, but that's, like, just how a lot of movies end up coming off mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. And, like, I assumed that the domino effect that we're about to witness was going to be a lot worse. Like, you know, aside from, like, the diarrhea and the drunkenness and the thing, you know, it would be a lot more catastrophic. Like, yes. it would be a lot more spirit breaking for but we've the... seen it already Dad. yeah so like and that's you know and i figured that okay we're gonna get the whole film through and there's gonna be things going on that that are going to make the situation seem like you know mm-hmm. it's a real more... noises off situation I yeah mean, was... well you've never it, seen that play it eh? no but it it, <laughs> it, it it was um but again it ends up being very sweet so yes. i mean we'll walk through that so um so i guess says not to go easy blah 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 takeyoki gives a motivational speech going do your best there's going to be no cuts involved uh waiting for the cue it begins with the producers watching a live feed who this other jonathan producer who's sitting there like it's gonna be great i want it here give me a drink well and from it like all indications she's how most producers yeah. like because she like by the end of this she's not even paying attention she's mm-hmm. like on her phone yeah so it's like oh yeah what well, okay good cool whatever so yeah uh mao takayuki's daughter watches from the booth takayuki can act so this director can act and even you <laughs> if you're pushed into the situation can act um improvising a little rough with kamiya Akia takes her eye drops, so she goes like, I'm going to take my eye drops before we begin, because I don't think I can get to the emotional level that I can get to Mm -hmm. with this, which is a big thing throughout this film with, like, his whole thing of doing things cheaply and off the cuff. Mm -hmm. Like, would she really cry or would she take eye drops? Yeah. That's uh, another big point of this. Uh, Hosoda has found and drank the whole bottle of sake and almost stumbles into frame. Uh, zombie makeup not on his mark well he's passed out uh kamiya rushes to try and fix the mistake he drags and props up um his body and there is a problem keep improvising so we get our first like cue cards like something's going on act yeah (laughs) which i love uh completely off script um it turns out that he shits himself uh, debating putting up the technical difficulty signs so this one person who's had like the hard water instead of the soft water shits himself yeah yeah what we thought in the in the movie movie was like the character being nervous was this guy like i'm about to shit my pants i gotta get out of here so Mm -hmm. uh but takayuki turns the camera and screams don't stop rolling Mao suggests a script rewrite on the fly to stop the show from being stopped. Um, Actors informed on a placard for the script change. Uh, There's makeup while shitting and crying, which is an iconic moment of this film. Yeah, yeah. Where he's sitting going, don't look at me. (laughs) Don't look at me. You gotta think in the grand scheme of movies, that's probably happened. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... Soto needs one more scene after the car chase scene. Uh, Tanaguchi's back gives out while the camera is laying on the ground, and Asamori takes over as the DOP, um, who has changed. Kamiya confronts Takuyuki and Harumi, slaps and threatens him, but she is really into the role. So, like, there's nothing stopping, like, now in this moment, too. Yeah. Like, she's literally inhabited the role and physically would kill these people. 
Yeah, and so we we get like uh, like in the in the little cut of the movie proper, it would be like now kind of like hardening herself to the situation, but it's literally, you know, the actress, like you know, yeah, she's just she's in like Inhabited, a fugue state, yes. just, you know. She slaps him and goes, "You fucking brat!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like get on with it. Uh, she quit apparently because she broke a star's arm while filming a previous film. Uh, now she has an axe. She goes very off script well completely. Uh, the now violence was all real during, like, the first thing where she's kicking actors over. Yeah. Like, that's her real, what she's doing in that scene. Uh, out of shot, she is taken down only after multiple self-defense palms. And the crane rig for the scene should be cut because the actors knock it over. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, laying on the ground during that scene. So... Um, the director's like, oh no, should I film this? Should I not? What should we do during this? Uh, but for once, Takeyuki refuses to settle, and he says we're gonna do the cut as it should be intended. Mm -hmm. So, he wants to do it that way. Mao sees her father's passion, and initially it's like, average will do, but she goes, no, how many of you are free and available at this moment? Mm -hmm. So, we're gonna figure out how to do this. Uh, it turns out they will build a cheer tower of the cast and crew to hold the camera up. Harumi comes to her to her senses, and there are many small pauses as the crew continues to keep falling over and getting into position during this scene. Uh, heads are thrown as they set up. There's uh, some brilliant moments where the crew is like shooting blood out of tubes yeah. off screen. Yeah, which is usually how it's done, so yeah. yeah. And Akia is crying without fake tears, so we see that she's come full circle. Like, she's really stressed out in this scenario, and she's actually crying genuine tears instead of the eye drops. Uh, the final shot is pulled off with everyone's help, with Takeyuki lifting up Mao, and the show has gone very well. Everyone smiles and celebrates, especially father and daughter, to which I said, ah! and Yeah, recreating a little thing where she's, like, pretending to film on his shoulders as, like, a little girl. Oh, it's so, so cute! Yeah. yeah. It's so adorable, Dad. It's very, it's very sweet. It is goodness gracious. It is not at all what I expected. Mm. What did you in, expect? In a, in a in a but in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Like not in a like a you know I was expecting something much more hard edged or gloomier, mm -hmm. and this wasn't that at all. This no. was like a like a funny, Feel good. realistic look into like making a movie on the fly. Like and I was especially even worse for a live production of anything, mm -hmm. but. It wasn't Hairspray Live. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I was literally going to make a joke about the NBC thing. Sound of music. Like, yeah. How stressful that would have to be to yes. begin with. And yes. then I think this captures that yeah. pretty well. Mm. So, yeah. Like, I, again, like, it it keep it kept me guessing. Mm -hmm. Like, you... So you didn't know the ending until the end? I did not, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought that I was, like smart and i had like an all according to plan moment where i'm like i know what like mm. i know why he told me not to you know i'm Look not gonna spoil it yeah i already fucking fit but i didn't i didn't mm. figure it out gotcha you girl. know and i think i think a lot of people watching this movie will have moments like that good and that's good yeah. I, I don't want to i don't want to know what's going to happen no. so it, it it's it it you know it, <laughs> it zags so all right yeah in a good way I agree. I mean, that's why I picked this movie in the first place. I thought that Dan would never see it coming. Persona reference. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I enjoy it because it's three movies in one. We get the original horror movie. 
we get the filming of said horror movie and then we get a, a father-daughter flick yes which is great and it's in an hour and a half like what more could you want for in a movie yeah you get three movies in an hour and a half it's cuckoo bananas crazy I think it's endearing, I think it's charming, and I think if you have any sense in film production, you should be watching this movie. Yeah. Because it shows you not only the actors acting, the actors acting as filming the acting, mm-hmm. and then the actual filming of said acting by the camera crew. Yeah. Down so, to the down to the practical, like, the arm effects and how they do, like, the, like, head uh, beheading scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, you know, all yeah. of that's in there, and it's... Apparently yeah. on the Blu-ray, there's a GoPro cut. Mm-hmm. Which is like the uh, production staff filming the GoPro GoPro version of this mm-hmm. by like a third angle, yeah, and that's like something I would add to this movie to make it two hours. Oh, but yeah. you know it's interesting and it does its job perfectly. Yeah, in I, my opinion, I would say so. Would you say it's an and a masterpiece, Dan? I would, mm. and I am I I am legitimately cons- like this is this is one of those moments where I'm like. Having like an existential, you Ooh. know, it's been, yeah. I didn't do good enough for Jonathan. I have to please him because you know it's been like a with life and vaccine. It's been like a tiring, uh. tiring couple of weeks, and yes. I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta make years. sure yeah. that I bring my A game to this podcast. You better, and I gotta, you know. So even even the pick, like the my potential picks that I teased at the beginning of this episode, I might. I might have to zig or zag with some of them. We'll see. We'll see. It's not guaranteed, but we might have to, like, you know, I might have to bring some stuff that I know I can match this. So, hmm. And from the sound of it, the thing coming next week is also going to be something else. The thing else, coming so... next week is a magnum opus. Dan. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna do you dirty. Yeah. I'm gonna wreck you next week. Yeah. <laughs> That's my goal. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be cognizant of that. Yeah. I, I gotta. You said Jonathan wasn't ready. Oh, he was ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know, I know the I've stakes. taken the Ryans to Isengard, Dan. <laughs> but no, this was, this was a, a fantastic movie. Right. I, I can see, because this got I mean, a lot I don't of, want to guilt you into it, Dan. It got a lot of discussion, you know, like when it came out i know do you think the hundred percent is deserved i mean for me i i don't i don't want to nitpick anything because there was that you know i always think back because i think back on things that i where i've misspoke Mm -hmm. like when we watched um uh dracula yeah and I was, <laughs> oh i got you again gal and i was making comments like and i'm like oh who who directed this Ooh. oh it's the guy who made godfather mm-hmm. and it's like francis ford coppola then. yeah and and i'm like did i criticize i mean francis that's why ford i'm coppola? here to teach you about film uh, but it, you know and i don't want to mouth off like like i a lot of people hate dracula 2000 man you know and, and i i just Literally, the only thing that I would deduct points for, mm-hmm. if I had to bring it down to, like, a 97 yeah, no, or, I feel or the same something, way. Yeah. is just that I thought that there was going to be more of a domino effect thing at the end. Like, it was going to be a lot more drama unfolding. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't fully commit to that because ultimately it is a sweet, like, comedic thing. It's yeah. not heavy. It's not, mm-hmm. like... You know, we don't want these people to fail at this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, I yeah. I agree completely. I don't think 
This is a hundred movie. I think it's up there in the nineties. Yeah. I think there's some things to draw upon here. I, I mean, for an hour and a half, I can't flack it there. But there's a way to get this more cohesive. I've never directed a movie before, so don't shun me. Don't lambast me. Well, it's not even... Because, again, I gotta feel like I gotta justify. Mm. It, in the grand scheme of movies that have entered... And this isn't even... I don't even know if this is, like, a, a judgment of this movie itself, or the fact that I would like to see mo- more movies do this, where we mm. go into, like, production nightmares yeah. and... You know, like, I I always, if you get, like, you know, if you're going into the people making a movie as the movie's characters, again, in the grand scheme of movies being made, you'll have, like, the set designers who insist that, like, everything has to be moved back five inches because it's not, the shot isn't yeah. centered right, or you can't film right now because the cloud in the background is in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, it starts raining halfway through. Which mm-hmm. I thought, I also thought that was going to happen. Yeah. I thought at one point, like, they they rain. were they were going to, like, there was going to be a, like, a plane going overhead mm-hmm. or something. And that's why they had to go down into the shed. And pause. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so again, that's, I, I, because I, I don't know if I can even consider the, this, these nitpicks. But it's like, everything... No, that could go wrong with a movie, I would be fascinated to see everything go wrong with mm-hmm. a movie. But ultimately, again, that's not the point. So yeah. You should read Noises Off, the play. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be intrigued by it, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about a play going wrong. <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yeah. Theater. Um, I mean, don't, don't crucify me, audience, because I love this movie. I wouldn't have picked it otherwise. But I don't think it's a hundred, maybe a ninety-nine. Like there's something, there's something here. Yeah. Um, I mean, ninety-nine is close to perfect. Now I feel bad about saying that in the first place. I, I, I just enjoy that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, or of at course. least you're lying to my face about enjoying it. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I again, I'm just like I'm reevaluating everything, and I gotta like. Mm. Oh, second, I, second no, week is going to yeah, wreck you, Dan. Yeah, You're going to go, oh, I'm not ready for Jonathan. I want to bring something to the table that I care about as much as I get the vibe that you care about these two movies. Oh, I care about cinema, Dan. So... I may not have directed a movie, but I love cinema. You know, and I care about my own kind of cinema, but I need mm. to make sure that I represent that properly. Because we don't we don't get the chance to do this a lot on this podcast. So, and we're not going because we're not going to jump the shark, and we're not going to uh, make know. this a movie podcast. So it's it, it it. But yeah, that's that's my only. It's literally my only hesitation. Is like I, th- this is a quality pick. If you had to rate it, mm-hmm. so let's say we're giving out the Palme d'Oeuvre for our special Asian movie marathon, out of five. What would you rate this movie? And don't round numbers. You're not Matt Cabrera. Check out Nightcaps of the Theater if you want Matt to round up numbers. So I can go decimal? Not decimal. No, don't round. Don't round. solid numbers, Dan. What would you rate this film? No, I I would say... I would say four out of five. Okay. Based on the, the fact that you're not going to get a lot of movies with this premise. Mm -hmm. So it's taking a very novel approach to things. And that's not, you know, that's not to say that we don't have like a lot of fourth wall breaking media, but because we do, but 
you know, like, most of 30 Rock was taking, like, taking the piss out of, like, how sketch comp, like, network television shows are done, mm-hmm. and the, the politics and the finance of them. Um, you know, we've had things like that, but this really goes above and beyond in representing that, mm-hmm. in, you know, the novelty of what it's doing alone gets it four out of five. Yeah. And I take the point away just because of the reason I already stated. Like, it, 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 it makes you think that, like, the first two acts set up, like, like start writing this check for, like, mm-hmm. a truly next-level chaotic finale. You know, and, and it is a chaotic final shoot, but, mm-hmm. again, in the grand scheme of things, you know... Okay. There, there have been lots of tribulations and fill, and I'm that you know so. No, but I again, that could be like if you made a movie like this where people are like filming a war movie, like dramatization of the apocalypse now situation, mm-hmm. and you know maybe different tropes would lend themselves in different places, like what they're trying to do. So for what it's doing, this does it very well. Mm. You know, again, mm. I just, I expected more chaos. That's it. Yeah, me too. I would give this a four to five. I think there's something missing here, but it's a fabulous movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the top of its like game. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's, oh, how do I describe this? Like, there's nothing to describe this to. It's not a five because there's something missing with the general masses, I think. And I hate to say that about people, but it's like, oh, I'm seeing a movie about movie making. Mm-hmm. There's that layer there. Unless you're intrigued by that, this will be a four out of five. Yeah, and I and I think that I think that people like that. Yeah, I think that for the most part, people enjoy m- meta stuff. So as, people are good then. Uh, yeah, I generally, mm. uh, but they, you know, you don't. And this movie doesn't like you. You don't. I. I, I think where. The meta stuff falls apart is where it kind of becomes, like, insulting or tiring to mm. the audience. Mm. Like Cloverfield, yeah. you know. Um, it, but then, you know, you go back to even a podcast favorite, The Blair Witch Project. Like, it is very much integrated into that movie that you're watching dramatic art students in the process of making a movie and they have no idea how to survive in the mm-hmm. woods. Mm-hmm. So a supernatural horror shows up and they respond accordingly or, the, or not, or maybe not. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, it, it's, I think anything can be entertaining. You just got to make sure it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And this is, if you got it, flaunt it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Once again, Dan Ryan, I've exposed him to something new. Mm. And it wasn't on my person. <laughs> oh, so, oh, Dan. Where can our audience reach us on social media after finishing this episode? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, as well as our adjacent anime was not a mistake podcast Instagram account. You can follow me LARPing as Lady Dimitrescu. <laughs> in public you can also follow my instagram losing my mind jk or my twitter drink and read jk or my other film podcast including nightcaps of the theater and if you like war and peace i'm almost done with that with drink and read mm-hmm. the podcast i'd be happy to welcome you into my podcast you know open arms mm-hmm. take of it course. there well dan 
Next week is my turn again, again. (laughs) (laughs) And have I got a treat for you. (laughs) Covered in. There's blood in that rack. (laughs) I'm choking on my spit. Anyways, we've got a long watch for you next time. And I'm going to need your full attention, Dan. Mm -hmm. Because I think it might be the greatest love story ever told. Something Waluigi? (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) Waluigi is not involved in this next endeavor, but I'll be happy to see you there. Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our wee horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. Mucho, mucho, mucho Tanto como en tan Siempre hasta morir